And sometimes it's just being a mirror and being able to reflect back to people. The focus was products and services that are good for you, your home, and good for the environment. We have millions of numbers in our known phone fraud directory. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. You just heard some snippets from our show. We had amazing people on. Listen for the rest of it. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, a firm specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not an attorney, but I work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startups. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everyone. The road to entrepreneurship where we talk with startups, small businesses, and discuss the intellectual property that helps them flourish. We have Dr. George James, who's a licensed therapist, but also an international relationship empowerment expert and founder of George Talks LLC. And then we have two amazing presenters, Jane Emma with The Good Four Company, helping people stay healthier with clean water, and Gogi Padilla with AnswerSure, helping protect your elderly relatives from phone scams. I'm really excited to hear about both of these. I think everybody needs help against phone scams. But before we talk with our guests, we have to go to IP in the news. So tell us a little bit about what IP in the news is about today. If you went online and saw a site called Texas Guns and Roses, would you associate it with the rock and roll band Guns and Roses? Is this a trick question? Yes, this is a trick question <laughs> because I already know. Is the there, there's, is there like a right answer and a wrong answer to this? Guns and Roses is suing this online gun shop for trademark infringement. But what's so funny about this is that the online gun shop, they really just sell guns, but they have a couple of flower bouquets you can buy. But the funny part about it is that the florist shop is in New Jersey. So Jersey Village florist. So that's like such a weird combination. I mean, who would ever think of <laughs> selling flowers and guns? They seem like opposite ends of the spectrum to me. This was an article on Gizmodo and it was written by Nikki Main. And what was hilarious was there were comments on this article. So I just want to read a couple of them because I think they're so funny. Somebody said it sounds like some kind of weird one-stop shop for mob hitmen from the 50s. <laughs> some of the comments are pretty funny. The one that I liked is, well, why couldn't they have named it Texas Firearms and Flowers, right? Instead right. of Guns and Roses. But obviously the band thinks they're trying to capitalize on the Guns and Roses name and the store owner is like, it has nothing to do with you guys. This is a firearms and flower shop. It's not a rock band. I think Guns N' Roses has a claim here because I think it sounds like they started this site. It'll be interesting. There were a lot of trademark discussions in the comments, but there was one final comment that I thought was pretty hilarious. Mm -hmm. it says Guns N' Roses claims the shop's name falsely suggests a connection with them and creates a blurred line between the band's distinction and could tarnish the Guns N' Roses mark. And this, this guy says, this has already been done multiple times over the years by Axl Rose. I was going to so. say, isn't their whole reputation based on being tarnished? I mean, give so, me a break. I don't think Texas Guns and Roses is going to win in court personally. Stay out of Texas. They got different rules down there. We would like to go to our guests for Richard's Roundtable. Here we are. 
with Dr. George James. What do you think about this whole Guns N' Roses stuff? I think that there's a lot of ways in business we try to leverage off of something. You know, you have to know that the Guns N' Roses has been out for so long. If you just add Texas to it, it's going to be connected to something. So I think you know in ahead of time, what were they trying to leverage? Was that the, the market? Was that the audience? Was that the people that they wanted? And if you want to say you had nothing to connect it to it, then like you said, there could have been a different way to do it. But it sounds interesting. You know, if, if it gets some more uh, traffic, maybe that's what they wanted. I just wonder if you did purchase a bouquet, if you would ever get it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Guns N' Roses needs more uh, record sales. Who knows? Maybe they, they dipped a bit. <laughs> so, Kenya, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, it's a clear swagger jack in terms of use of names. I mean, it's so familiar. And I feel like we've been all branded with Guns N' Roses. I, I want to understand, though, they're selling Guns and Roses out of this store, right? Is that what is my understanding? They're selling mostly guns and gun equipment, but they have four different floral arrangements you can choose from to buy. Got it. So if I wanted to get a rifle and a, a bouquet, I could, that's the place to go. <laughs> a gift you for you that. and a gift for your loved one. Right. It's Texas. Anything goes. <laughs> So they definitely don't have a right to use it. I, I agree. Now, the attorney for the Texas Guns N' Roses store says there's never been an instance of actual confusion between customers of their store and the Guns N' Roses record label. Does that change your opinion at all? Well, it makes me have a question for you when it comes to terms of use. Is there a way for them to weasel around and kind of go that track? Like, so Guns N' Roses probably has a trademark for music purposes, right? right. Is there a way to get it trademarked under a different class of use? See, I, I can tell that you've been on the show for a while, Kenya, because you're <laughs> beginning to ask legal questions. But this is a lawsuit, so there's always lots of weaseling that goes on. It may be that Texas Guns N' Roses is violating some Guns N' Roses trademark registration. They, Guns N' Roses probably has registration that covers merch. It depends on the scope of the trademark registration. So you, you nailed that one. I think what would be funny is that if you go to check out if they have like vintage CDs or albums of Guns N' Roses to <laughs> oh, upsell you. Oh, that would be for sure. That would be the kiss yeah. of death. So let's see. Jane, what are your thoughts on all of this? I think that it was probably initially very clever. You're definitely trying to bite off of the notoriety of the rock band, 100%. But I think when you're just getting started, you're like, oh, I'm so small. Nobody's going to notice me. And then I don't know how long they've been in business or, you know, whatever it is, but or how large their business is. But as you get bigger, people will start to notice. And then yeah. clearly, like, good for you, but bad for you. Guns and Roses noticed <laughs> and they didn't like it very much. So it's going to depend on the class that they're in, right? Like the class of trademark that they're in. I just went through this a couple of years ago with my business and it was, you know, you had to pick like specific categories and have the foresight to see, are you going to go be going into those categories and all of that? So I don't know. I don't feel like we know enough about it. That's a good way to get out of the discussions. And well, we need more facts. Need yeah. more facts. <laughs> uh, but no, I, those were very smart comments and you brought up a lot of good points about you know, trying to project when you're doing trademark stuff, what's going to be happening in the future. And you want to cover all your bases as 
early as you can. So, Gogi, based on the facts that we have. <laughs> yes, based on what we know, um, definitely, I think they were, uh, you know, trying to get a, a jump on the recognition of Guns N' Roses. Um, I think, very honestly, if I can give them a, a plan to, to solve this, they could name it Guns and Gardenias. And they could oh. have, you know, Texas G&G. I mean, I'm always thinking the shorter the name and you can brand it the better but definitely they're gonna lose sorry yeah. <laughs> i've called yeah, I, it I'm, I'm i'm sure guns and roses has some pretty pricey attorneys too oh and yes. they're they're you you don't want to go up against them no sometimes musicians blow through all their money and who knows <laughs> i don't know about this particular set of musicians you know maybe but... maybe texas guns and roses could give guns and roses free guns and roses for the rest of their <laughs> <laughs> The record company definitely has lawyers. So yeah, believe me. Yeah, are they suing for a dollar amount or are they suing just like a cease and desist type of thing? Didn't say. We just right. read the blog post. Usually they ask for both, you know. So if you're going to sue somebody, you might as well ask them to change the name and ask them for money too at the same time. Unless you want to license it. Well, that was asking for money. If you want to license it, then they can do all the hard work and just give you royalties. Yeah. Yeah. I true. think so. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for your comments. And it's now time to turn to Dr. George James, who we'll call Dr. James. And he is an international relationship empowerment expert and founder of George Talks. He's a media coach and a media and corporate consultant. And he's been on the Today Show 12 times with different topics. I'm jealous. I am too. He's been on CNBC, Nickelodeon, Good Day Philadelphia, and he inspires, Very teaches, nice. and motivates millions of people to have better relationships. So who doesn't need better relationships? So thank you very much. And we love having you as a client. So tell us, what does an international relationship empowerment expert do? My goal has been to help people have better relationships, whether that be as an individual, you know, as a couple, in a family, or in business. And some of that is just, we just don't always know our blind spots. We don't always know how we are maybe making it worse. And sometimes I get to just help people think about that. Sometimes it's tools and resources. Sometimes it's just being a mirror and being able to reflect back to people. So there's lots of different ways. So is your work mostly with couples then or personal relationships? Or do you also talk about business relationships or other relationships with your pets or relationships I with your in-laws? I've had all of those. <laughs> I've had I've had people who have lost their pets and I've done grief therapy with them as they are dealing with their the loss of their pet. I've worked with a, a tremendous amount of couples, media and corporate where I might facilitate some conversations or help in a conflict at an at a organization or help people think through how or what we're producing. How is that going to impact other people and their connections and relationships? Even if somebody's working at a corporation and they get in a fight with their spouse or their kid, they go to work that day and they don't feel like doing anything. You know, yeah. they're, they're all stressed out. Their relationships are crummy and they're depressed and they're maybe 30% as productive as they would be otherwise. So even if you're not doing corporate work for the entrepreneurs listening, if you can help them fix their personal relationships so they can be super productive, I think that's important. You don't have personal experience with that, do you? I am not going to reveal. <laughs> he, he keeps putting it out there to see what you're going to do. I've got a probing. Yeah, I kind of need to know what's going on here. But. Uh, th okay, this will be the session. Yeah. <laughs> so I do want to say this. I was a little depressed. We thought that our daughter was going to stay working in Hawaii over Christmas and we weren't going to see her 
at Christmas or the holidays for the first time in our lives, in her life. And I was depressed. I mean, I wasn't as productive and really bummed out. And then Friday at 4 30 in the afternoon, the doorbell rang, opened the door, and there's our daughter. Oh, that's, awesome. that's beautiful. Yeah, Aww. I think we were both so delighted. There is a lot there. And that's it actually goes both ways. And this is a lot of the work that I do that yes, if you have struggles with your interpersonal relationships, family, romantic, it does affect your productivity at work. And then if you have conflict at work or challenges with your boss or colleague or direct report, it then also can create issues at home. So there's all these ways that if we're not managing our relationships, it does impact our well-being, our productivity, just how we show up. So like your daughter can show up and now that brings joy and excitement and now maybe even more creativity. But the thought of her not being there is like, do I really want to go in today? Do I really want to be productive today? So it can go both ways. Kids, if you're listening and you have parents that are pining for you, try to make it so that you can join them. Tell me, you're the founder of George Talks LLC. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so in 2008, I had an opportunity to do some wellness courses, workshops for a university. And that was like, I probably should start a business structure <laughs> to uh, enable me to do this. And over the years, it has allowed me to, to speak, to consult, uh, to coach, to do lots of things around the very thing that we're talking about, how to help people have better lives, better connections. And that has been romantic relationships, has been family, but I've done a lot of business and corporate stuff. And in the past three years, I've been doing a lot more media we're working with media corporations and companies around their messaging, bringing mental wellness into lots of different spaces. And I've been really fortunate to do that. That's great. Dr. George James, international relationship empowerment expert. More Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit Gearheart Law Com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Dr. George James. We've just had a really interesting discussion with him. We're going to continue it now. And I'm going to go to Kenya for a comment or question. Yeah, so just curious, and not that this is happening by any chance, but how do you solve a conflict? So say you're having an issue with a superior or your boss or a CEO and someone who's a higher up and you're having a conflict. What are some of the best ways to resolve those type of situations? I think it depends on your relationship. Is there enough trust in the relationship that you can be honest with your boss or the person you report to? Sometimes there isn't enough trust where we feel like if we say this, there could be a consequence, which that 
can lead to lots of other issues. And then also, is there another way that I can address the situation? Sometimes a conflict we're having, even with our boss or superior, gets magnified because we might be unhappy at work or there's unhappy at home or other issues that compound some of that. So I would say, look throughout your whole life what you might need to work on. See if you have enough trust to communicate with your boss, but then also document what you're doing so that when there is a time, you can now present the evidence of what you're doing and what you might need. Wow, that's really great mm -hmm. advice. How do you build a trustful relationship with your boss? Hopefully your boss sees you as a colleague and a contributor, but some bosses have you know, sort of a top-down view and they have their own style of management. How do you go about building that trustful relationship maybe with somebody who has that top-down view, right? Yeah, you know, I think, it, you know, some of it is really understanding people and understanding yourself. You know, so a big thing of what I do is being able to be self-aware and to understand how you show up. So for me, I love building relationships. I love connecting with people. I, I'm like, you know, kiss the babies, hug, shake hands. That's me. Some other folks in the business might be more data-oriented. And I've even recently have had to learn how do I adjust to meet someone like that. So like I mentioned, I might need to be more precise with my data to connect with that person. And then from there, we can have more conversations, maybe go out, maybe it's a happy hour. If it was the reverse, if it was me, maybe somebody would need to know about me and my family. That's the way in. And then from there, we can have a bigger conversation and that builds trust. So it's knowing yourself, finding the way in and then build from there. I think that's great advice. And if you're a boss, because if entrepreneurs are listening to this, maybe they have a few hires. What is the best way for a boss to treat their employees to build that trust? I'm a big advocate for being able to model the behavior, right? I think too many bosses, too many people in higher positions don't practice some level of openness and vulnerability. Sometimes we don't even let the folks that report to us know why we're doing this particular initiative why we are changing our practices or why we're evolving in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Give people a blueprint, open up, maybe say what's happening. Maybe say that, you know, your pet is sick and is on antidepressant meds. And that's really making it difficult for you right now. Being able to be a little bit transparent or even a more transparent, I think makes a big difference for the folks that you work with. And the boss really shows leadership too. So I guess if they do that, they make it a safe space for the employees to open up, right? Big time. And I, I think the model has always, that's too soft or that's bringing home into the workplace. But employees, colleagues, coworkers, they're actually looking to that. They're looking to see, in my view, you, how you show leadership and show strength in these multifaceted ways. And it comes with being more open, be more vulnerable, sharing a little bit more about either yourself or the vision or both. And then that increases buy-in, that increases brand loyalty, that increases, we've seen people leave jobs because they felt like they don't have a space there or they don't know the vision or they don't connect to their boss or superior. That's part of the ways to keep people on and keep people productive. Yeah, there's an old saying that you don't quit a company, you quit a boss. Right. And there's probably a you know fair amount of truth in that if the boss can't connect or if there's just not that connection there. There's a practical aspect of this. You may not be able to control who's your boss, but then going out and getting another job and going through that process is a stressor in and of itself. And you may land at some place that's better or you may land at some place that's worse. So if you're in that situation where you don't quite feel ready to go, but by the same token, 
you're not happy where you're at. Could be other reasons too, other people in the workplace driving you crazy, but how would you counsel somebody on that? Yeah, once again, I'm really a, a huge advocate for awareness. And in those situations where you feel stuck, it might mean, why do I feel stuck? Do I feel like I'm not making enough money? Do I feel like I'm not productive? Do I feel like I'm not reaching my potential? Like there might be reasons that I am reflecting on. Am I comparing myself to other people? And, and so some of that might be, what can I do now for myself? Well, maybe I need to take a course or certificate. Maybe I need to ask, can I jump on another project or assist in another project? Maybe I need to volunteer someplace else because if 100% of your satisfaction comes from your job, you will be miserable at some point. So being able to have other places where you can happiness and purpose can be helpful. And then maybe having a strategic plan, either I'm gonna move up in the company or have more responsibilities, or I have developed a way out that will be fulfilling for me. You know, the story I share is that, you know, I saw my mother who came from Jamaica, hardworking woman, come home, we go to church, she'd maybe take a quick nap and go right back to work. I saw hard work on one side, but I didn't see her take care of herself, practice even exercise in a certain way. She didn't give herself permission to do that. And so many people work hard, do a lot, but don't give themselves permission for something that they need. So I try to practice it and I try to encourage other people to give yourself permission to have the conversation with your boss. Maybe it is to maybe find another option for yourself, but to give yourself permission to say it's okay and work towards that. How do you know when it's time to quit? And like, is there an art to quitting? Throughout the past three years of the pandemic, racial uh, injustice, inflation, all these things have been reasons for people to think about it. We've heard of quiet quitting where people have been saying, ah, I don't want to leave. I want to leave, but I'm not leaving, right? So all that has been there. I think these are things that have allowed people once again to reflect and say, what is important to me? Dr. George James has just been a wealth of information, really interesting discussion, and I believe will be helpful for a lot of people, but we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, George James, who's a international relationship empowerment expert, and I certainly feel empowered, and I think he's empowering, and I'm really aligned with his goals with helping to empower others. I think he brought up some really good points, and he's a very interesting speaker to listen to. So if you missed it, go to our podcast tomorrow. He's really got it down. He absolutely does. And you can find our podcast anywhere you find 
podcast. It's the Passage to Profit Show podcast. Now it's time for Kenya Gibson and her power move. We're going to give power move to the comedian Drewski. He was actually on The Breakfast Club a couple weeks ago. So he's a creator. He is a comedian that actually started off on Instagram, believe it or not. That's where he started his career. And he was able to transition his way into doing stand-up. But he's also recently become a stakeholder and an owner of a football league called Fan Controlled Football League. And he also has his own label, Could Have Been Records. And he's also a partner of Happy Dad Seltzer. So he's been doing all these creative things and now has branched off into three different business opportunities. So he is our power mover today. Great. That sounds great. Happy Dad Seltzer. I just am wondering what that is all about. Does it, <laughs> that, that, does it, does it have Thanks alcohol content? It does. It's, a, it's. I think it's a hard seltzer. <laughs> so it's an adult beverage. Okay. Yes. Elizabeth, time yes. for you to talk about your Remy project. Yeah. So, well, as you know, I have Fireside renamed Blue Streak, which is a video directory of small businesses online. And right now I'm working on the website and I had my son take a look at the website proposal. At first, he thought maybe I was going to pay too much. And then he looked at the proposal. He was like, wow, this is really good. So that made me feel good. It's my son's in tech. So I'm going to move forward with that soon. And this is a different type of directory than anything that's existed because all of the directories now are location-based. And this is a directory just of remote people, people that can work remotely. So it's business-focused rather than location-focused. It's changing the whole way directories are done to live with our new reality because even though we can do stuff in person now, we're not. We're still doing it on Zoom. We're doing some things in person. So I think remote is going to be here to stay. And then I have the podcast, which is the Jersey Podcasts, where my partner Danielle Woolley and I will invite people on to talk about issues they're having with their cats. We're really using it to build a community of people who have cats and love cats or who are owned by cats, I should say. Because <laughs> <laughs> So we're building a community with this podcast. We're inviting people to come on. We're inviting people to send in questions, send in solutions to problems that people have who come on the podcast. And I'm really excited about it. We haven't dropped our first episode yet. We're going to do that right after Christmas. So our next presenter is Jane Emma with The Good For Company. And I'm really excited to hear about this. It's helping you clean up your water so it's safe to drink. Tell us about your company. The Good For Company is a water filtration company. So we specialize in every possible application from city water to well water. And we can either filter the water in a single shower or we can filter all the water in your home. And how do you do that? Very sophisticated, amazing water filtration systems. We partnered with a company called Puronics. They've been in the industry for over 75 years. So, you know, a big thing, a lot of people in this industry, they'll kind of go for the cheapest possible way to get the product out there, like mom and pop style. But we really, the focus was products and services that are good for you, good for the, your home and good for the environment. And so it was important to be able to choose a company to partner with that had the right certifications, that was dependable, where I could be walking down the street and run into a client and not want to turn the other way and run away. So I'm proud to say that our products are powerful, they're certified, and we have a whole ton of very happy customers. So I have a question for you. So I have a, a background as a chemist. So different parts of the country have different chemical compositions in the groundwater that 
we mm -hmm. use. In New Jersey here, we looked at EPA Superfund sites before we moved here, and basically the whole state was a Superfund site. Yeah, New Jersey is a giant Superfund <laughs> site. Even if you go someplace like Iowa, say, where there weren't a bunch of chemical companies, there still are a lot of chemicals because of the runoff from the pesticides used in farming, right? So Correct. Do you do an analysis of the region and see which chemicals need to be removed the most, or do you just try to get everything? We try to get everything. So part of the glory of these systems is that they're they're pretty all-encompassing. And it really matters when you're trying to decide on a company or a system to go with what media, which is the inside layers that are meant to deal with different aspects of your water, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, carbon that is removing, you know, chlorine, byproducts, herbicides, pesticides, all of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, right down to dealing with the hardness in your water. So the quality of the media inside these systems really are kind of, like you said, an all-encompassing solution. But we have partnered with a company called Simple Lab. They're incredible and they run really sophisticated water tests that really help us drill down into each person's particular situation, right? Because not everybody's water is the same. Older homes might have older pipes and all of this kind of stuff. So it just depends. But these are really effective at really solving the problem as a whole. I have a question. So mm -hmm. I've always wondered why different water tastes different. But New York tap water is supposed to be the best, right? Is that... Uh, New York actually had like a whole, they had an issue, oh my gosh, with, I think it was an arsenic issue over the summer, if I'm not mistaken. And then I believe either the mayor or the governor went so far as to try to disprove that, you know, New York tap water wasn't a problem, that he did a whole commercial. But in the commercial where the part where he was filling up the cup and then drinking it, that part was cut. So I really highly doubt that that man was actually drinking the water because he, he I think he knows better. He water. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. Did they address the arsenic issue or did they just let it go? It's not like you flip a switch and, and, oh, today we're addressing the arsenic that's in the water, right? So the utilities, they're doing the very best that they can, but it really boils down to federal regulations and guidelines and what is deemed safe and what isn't deemed safe. And a lot of the times, you know, with each contaminant, first of all, not every water contaminant is even listed as something that's monitored and it doesn't have a max contamination level. And for those that are, these limits are established, like they're created because of budgetary, not health guidelines. So how many utilities in the region can we afford to help solve XYZ problems. So in California, it's chromium is a big problem. Chromium is a big problem in Texas as well. It's a chemical that's used to clean cooling towers, like it has industrial applications. But how do you solve that problem, right? It's not very straightforward. So the way that I have people really look at it is this, the water utility does the very best that they can to get your water to a really good place in terms of what it was prior, <laughs> but then, the water utility cannot control what happens to your water between the time when it leaves its utility and gets to your house. And just like you were mentioning, you know, the groundwater we're dealing with, herbicides, pesticide, chemical runoff. We have companies that are illegally dumping and spilling into waterways and that water is traveling hundreds of thousands of miles. It's just a lot to be able to handle. So I have people that, you know, oh, the government should do something about it. I mean, if we're going to be waiting for that, we're going to be waiting for a long time. You're 
you're totally freaking me out right now. I'm I sorry. am never going to drag another <laughs> cup of water again. But Kenya, maybe you have a question. Well, it reminds me of that movie Waterworld. Remember that movie with with Kevin Costner where there was yeah. like water was like like mm -hmm. sparse and so I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on a situation like that though because it seems that water is becoming more and more of a commodity and it's harder to find clean water to drink like what is the future of water looking like only two percent of the world's water is really like natural spring water so then it makes you think all these bottled water companies that are telling you that they're it's all spring water oh really so you guys just have like a direct tap into the French Alps or what have you you know the future of water to me is probably a little bit sad. I don't want it to be a negative thing, but I think that we're lagging so far behind in legislation that's protecting our waterways, like so far behind. And the majority of chemicals that are in our waterways, you know, have only been in circulation the last 25, 30 years or so. And so legislation is far behind. There's a lot of bureaucracy in getting anything passed. Everything is some sort of, you know, liberal, Republican. Everybody's too busy fighting. So it really just depends it's really us that have to kind of take charge and it becomes a health and wellness thing you know you don't wait for companies to decide not to use red dye 40 in their foods for example that's a choice that you as a person you have to make and say hey i'm no longer going to purchase foods and candy or whatever for my children that have these dyes so the same thing is this hey Bottled water isn't necessarily that much better than tap. Yes, it is better, but it's not the best solution because you're dealing with microplastics and then you're dealing with really bottled tap water that has been minimally processed. And then you're contributing to the plastics issue. It's a very loaded, <laughs> very loaded topic. Wow. Yeah. I, right. Dr. James, do you have any thoughts? I think the heart of what I was hearing is like, what is well-being for you, your family, community, and the world? And I think too many of us stop at what's best for me. And we make decisions based off of that. Sometimes we don't even make best decisions what's best for our family. And it takes a lot to really zoom out to say, what choices am I making around water, around consumption, around recycling that could maybe be better for all of us? And it, it's a process and not everyone has gone through it. But I think it's great to have folks like you who are sharing this that helps educate people. Well, it's really about bringing these issues to the forefront. So we don't really hear a lot of stories about this on the news. It's not really highlighted. It's not spoken about, you know, you have things like ADHD and anxiety and depression and uh, low birth rates and miscarriages and all of these things that are growing. These statistics are getting scarier and scarier. And I'm not saying that, hey, clean up your water and clean up the rest of your life. But clean water is the foundation to all other wellness efforts. You said you had testing. Can parents or people in general test their water and send it to your company for to see what's in it? Yeah, absolutely. You can actually go through our website. You can purchase these testing kits and they're so simple, very user-friendly. One of the things that I love most about Simple Labs, it gives you very clear directions. All you have to do is fill up a couple test tubes and then you send it in and the testing is done by a certified lab. So you're really getting easy to read results and actionable steps. And once those results come in, we can then use those results to match you with a system that is both like solution-oriented and budget-friendly. Well, I have to say we have a full house filtration system at our house because amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just like you. I mean, yeah, the city does a good job of cleaning up the water, 
but then it goes through a bunch of other pipes that have lead and stuff in them and it gets to our house and we want to have the cleanest water we can. Now they're building houses with PVC. So I have no idea whether that's right. safer to have it go through plastic or safer to have it go through iron pipe. Right. So do you have an opinion on that? Is one better than the other or do we even know? With PVC, at least the soft water is not going to be very aggressive on the piping. So you should be okay there. But I guess we just have to wait and see, really. Well, the lead solder was bad in the metal pipes right yes very much so i mean you have rust and everything is chipping off and you know we've had clients that after having their system installed especially out in texas you know kind of older homes ranch style homes they would have stuff coming out of their sinks for two three four days because the soft water was clearing everything out and so when they saw literally like there's videos of it just like black chunks coming out and they're like okay so this is what i've been showering in and not realizing this is what i'm cooking my organic fruits and veggies with right <laughs> you're like okay so i'm spending all this money when i was in colorado i knew this girl and she had blonde hair and she moved to the mountains in colorado and was drinking well water and her hair turned orange. copper yeah yeah and i was exactly. like wow you are really wow. ingesting some chemicals there yeah, I was... <laughs> you might not have expected <laughs> like i am totally on board with this whole house filtration, any kind of filtration you can get. If you don't have a full house filtration system, what can you do to protect yourself? Yes. So we have single shower filters, for example. And also look, you know, if you don't live in a house, right, but you're still looking to try to, you know, create a healthy environment for yourself, you're going to have to do something, right? If you're an apartment, condo, there's still solutions. So number one in my book, showering and all of that is very important in clean water, but the most important is what you're ingesting. So mm -hmm. having a reverse osmosis at your kitchen sink gives you purified water. If mm -hmm. you want to remineralize it, there's an option for that too. So it purifies your water and then adds in natural healthy minerals back into your water. And so you drink it, you cook with it, you wash your fruits and veggies, you make soups, what have you, but at least all of the bases and everything that touches your food has been properly cleaned. So it's not going to be as amazing as a whole home system, but is it going to give you good protection? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jane. Emma. How can people find you? Um, all of our tags everywhere. Instagram website is thegoodforco.com or thegoodforco and good for is spelled G-O-O-D-F-O-R. The Good For Company. So now we have Gogi Padilla. She comes to us from Lisa Askelis, who is a good friend of ours, has been on the show many times. I love what Gogi's doing. I heard about it on one of Lisa's meetings. It's called Answer Sure. And I'm going to let Gogi describe it, but this is super important in this day and age. So Gogi, please tell us what you're doing. AnswerSure is a phone scam prevention service. We know that phone fraud is prevalent. It's become an everyday occurrence. And our company uh, seeks to get in front of it, help prevent people from becoming victims. And we have utility on landlines. They still exist. And we have an app for cell phones. That's great. How does the app work? Uh, the app works like many other apps out there. Our unique functions is that we have remote subscribing, meaning that a daughter or son could put the app on their parents' cell phones and only the daughter or son, the purchaser of the app, uh, will need a login and a password. Neither parent would need. Uh, in our research, we found that people forgetting their logins and passwords was one of the major hindrances for people having various apps. We also have a communication process in which 
the client using the app and AnswerSure can communicate. That way we know what we're doing right, what we're not doing right, any concerns, and we can get consensus on things. So the way your system works, or one of the ways, is that somebody could buy, like a son or daughter could buy for their parents or other person, this app, install it on their phone, and then the phone calls would be routed to them instead of the person with the app. What happens to the phone call when it comes in? The phone call goes to the person with the app. The son or daughter would just be the ones that would have the utility to place the app on the phone once the parent sends the QR code. You can't just put things on people's phones. When they send that code, that's giving permission for the app to be placed on their phone. It singles out, it really tries to segregate known scam, spam, and robocall numbers, phone numbers, from ringing the client's phone. So grandma's never going to get that call saying, oh, your grandson's in prison over here in Texas, and to get him out, you have to send me $10,000 right now. <laughs> it, it, it's horrific. I, I would love to say no, but nothing is 100%. I mean, the known scam, robo and spam numbers, you know, numbers are infinite. And when you have spooling, where the original number that the call is coming from may be an international number with 12 or 13 digits, and then you have the number in the spooling uh, scenario coming into, let's say, a Jersey home that looks like a local number, you're dealing with two sets of numbers there that unfortunately we cannot, and I don't believe there's any app that can segregate all scam and right. spam. So I stupidly put my phone number on this site for, I was looking for a loan for something, and I've been getting scam calls ever since, or not scam calls, but I would call them uh, spam. Mm -hmm. And if you answer those, which I sometimes do because I have other things, it just encourages more. So yes. when you stop it from being answered in the first place, I think that helps a lot. We find that with the cell phone, yes. And we have millions of uh, numbers uh, in our known phone fraud directory. It's helpful. Definitely helpful. I am so turned off by the scammers and spammers that I just have my phone turned off like all the time. Yeah, I can't get all of them. <laughs> and so. the potential spam comes up like six times every hour, right? Right. And mm -hmm. I just wait for people to leave a voicemail message. Of course, if it's a number from somebody I recognize, I'll pick up, but right. it's a crazy problem. out there. So yeah. I want to go to Dr. James on this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. It's actually something that's so prevalent as Gogi, you know, they've had stats that the, I think the baby boomer generation was like 10,000 and moving into retirement. Yeah. And that the older you get, just naturally your ability to recognize what is a scam decreases just the way the brain works and that's to all of us and so you're more susceptible the older you get so having support being able to talk about this is so important well i, I thank you it's definitely research is going on i'm so happy you brought that up because a lot of individuals that become victims they have a lot of guilt and they feel themselves you know that they're silly that they fell for this but as we get older, it, it is, the brain changes. Mm -hmm. And we believe more than uh, our critical thinking becomes less. 
Is it the critical thinking that becomes less or is it more so that you feel that the newer modern technology that you might be missing something, that there's something that you don't understand? Well, I mean, it depends on the individual, I, I would guess. But um, when you're talking about the 65 and older, I believe it is their critical thinking. There's capacity that is happening there that is lessening. And I don't want to just preface older people. We all can be victims of scams. We're oh, all. Yeah vulnerable. Yeah, I was just going to say I have been scammed. Um, I got a call one time from someone who was proclaiming they were from the IRS. And I was like, so anxious. And like, my anxiety was like through the roof. And then I called my husband and he's like, Kenya, the IRS doesn't call you. And I was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. But the way it made me feel was awful. Like it was mm. so awful. And not to the point where I was about to give them money. But like, I really, it made me second guess myself. I guess my question for you, though, how is this different from like, remember those do not call registries where you would enter your phone number in there? How does your technology differ from what those platforms used to be able to do? Well, uh, I can tell you the do not call registry and I've used them and I've had family members use them. These phone, I call them predators, these scam predators, these calls, they go around that. So you can put your number on a do not call list and you can still receive these calls. So what we try to do again with the app is known scam numbers. We segregate those so they won't ring your phone. With our landline, we have two plans in which we use a vetting process, passwords and numeric codes that if the caller does not have this information, the call will not ring your landline phone. So what are the more common sort of schemes that phone scammers use? I mean, what do they say to people to, to get their money? <laughs> well, uh, Kenya hit it on the head. They use emotion. They use a sense of urgency. They use the love for your family. They use fear. All those tools, all those things that get people to act without thinking. It becomes almost a knee-jerk reaction. The grandparents scam, for example, I mean, you're getting a call saying your grandson is in jail in Mexico and they need $5,000 to get them out. The grandparent is saying, where can I send the money? It's the love for the grandchild and the fear that they are somewhere that they can be heard. So those are the kind of tools that these scammers use, unfortunately. So they just make up all sorts of different kinds of stories. Sure I mean, they do. What are some of like most outrageous ones you've heard? I have a client that took her dog to a pet hotel. She was away and uh, she got a call that the pet hotel had a break-in and her dog was stolen and they needed to have money to get the dog back. And it was convoluted, but it gave her enough angst that, you know, she was totally fearful. She didn't become a victim. Mm -hmm. But as mm -hmm. Kenya said, the damage of phone scams is not just financial. It's also the stress that it brings on, the self-doubt that it awakens in people. And for older people, the fear that their universe will be lessened by family members that think they're not equipped to handle, you know, certain things in their lives. So it's a multifaceted, multi-layered problem. Oh, that is scary. So if I'm an older person and I fall for a scam, then I'm worried that if my kids are mad at me or, you know, they're going to say, okay, well, you can't handle your money. We're going to take over for you. We're going to go to court, get guardianship, whatever. 
I don't think my kids would do that. But if you're older, maybe you're in your 70s or 80s and that, you know, there's this debate going on, what should we do with mom or dad? And something like this happens, then it just makes them say, well, maybe, you know, maybe being at home by themselves is not the best option for them. Right. right exactly. So when in fact, you know, most of us have probably fallen to one of these things at one time or another, certainly the emails that they send now are, look like they're coming from the phone company or Microsoft or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's so easy for anyone to make mistakes. Um, so this is a wonderful service that you're providing. How can people get a hold of you? Answershore.com. That's the best way to go on our website. Okay, well, thank you. This has been a really wonderful educational segment. This is all these services today are so important from relationships to clean water to not getting scammed. I, I think that this has been just a really great show. So we have to go to another break right now, but don't go away because we have another really fun part of the show coming up. Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest today, Dr. George James. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. It's Passage to Profit. Now it's time for Noah's Retrospective. Noah Fleischman is our producer here at Passage to Profit. We couldn't do this without him. And he never stops trying to make sense of the future by looking at the past. And a blessed silver anniversary to us one and all. 25 years, more or less, of our intimate relationship with the internet and cellular technology. Can you imagine we've graduated from a world of erased phone messages and misplaced memos to a world of accidentally deleted emails and misread texts? Well, that's technology for you. Or maybe not. Communication is a process that's actually served by technology. And communication only happens when two humans or more, the communicator and the communicatee, actually conspire correctly and effectively to communicate. Now, if either or more parties, for some reason, chooses in some way, shape, or form, maybe even subconsciously, not to, technology can actually service that, too. It happens. It actually goes back much further than technology or anything we're used to using or applying. It dates all the way back to the days of ancient Greece, when the oracle at Delphi would stand upon the podium and preach of the prophecies to come to an indifferent republic. A couple of weeks later, they'd just come back and say to him, Why didn't you say something? Now more with Richard and Elizabeth, Passage to Profit. Now is the time to go to the Passage to Profit website. It's passagetoprofitshow.com. 
and you can see a once-in-a-lifetime photograph of Noah Fleischman, our producer. It's worth it. Just go to the website and look for Noah and, you know, send him lots of hearts. And there's also a photograph of our absolutely beautiful program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, too. Absolutely. Like you say, we always have the best-looking people on this yeah, show. Yeah, just ignore the pictures of Richard and me. <laughs> <laughs> we have Kenya on there, too, and she looks gorgeous, of course. Of course. But now we'll do our group discussion. I get to ask everybody the same question. I'm going to start with you, Dr. George James. If you could hire anybody to help you with your company, cost is no object and they would actually do it because there's a matter if they're not too busy or not. Who would you hire? You know, I'm still trying to figure out the best person, but I feel like where I am right now, someone that is combo between a great publicist, marketer, because I have a lot of great content. I've been doing a lot in lots of spaces but someone that would just project me even further. So whoever that is, who is that skilled and has worked with folks like, you know, maybe, you know, a Dr. Phil to a Steve Harvey, to people who have been out there like that, that would be probably the person. Ooh, that's good. Okay, Jane Emma, who would you hire if you could hire anybody for your company? Richard Branson. And Richard, if you're listening, I have a very competitive offer for you. <laughs> Yogi Padilla, who would you hire? I think Morgan Freeman. Um, he runs the gamut age group wise, you know, demographic. People respect him. They listen to him. He has an authority and that would be great. His voice is so nice. It's so smooth uh, and calming. Totally. Exactly. I totally I get it. see that. So Kenya, for your coach Kenya company, who would you hire? Probably Floyd Mayweather. Um, yeah, he's a he's very entrepreneurial. Um, and we've talked about him on the show before, too, how he's the only athlete who also is the both the promoter and the athlete at the same time in all his ventures. So he has a good business model in place. Well, that's definitely. A, that's mm -hmm. a good one. Richard Gearhart, who would you hire to help with your business if you could hire anybody? Well, besides you. Yes. Um, I would say Elon Musk because I wouldn't okay. have to do anything and I could watch sitcoms all day. Okay, so you're not paying attention to Twitter. Apparently. I was going to say and, I was read, just gonna the, say and read the Twitter files. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you pick the most controversial <laughs> entrepreneur well, that is being covered right now. Uh, Elon fire before Elon Twitter. So for Blue Streak, I would hire the person who was in charge of new product development at Google because I would love to be able to sell this business to Google or one of these other sites. So I would get like the top person at Google for new products because they're rolling out a whole bunch of new stuff this year and get them to like really hone this thing so Google would buy it. Well, that sounds like a strategic choice. Sir, Googlers, please call Elizabeth. Let me go through everybody's websites one more time. If you're just tuning in, our podcast is out tomorrow. You really missed a great show. But if you want to hear it again, our podcast is out tomorrow, wherever you find your podcast. But the people we had on the show, Dr. George James, who is a relationship expert, not just interpersonal relationships for the home or family or pets or whatever, but he also does corporate work and works with entrepreneurs. Yeah. And you can kind of feel the power behind his understanding. And he's a media coach too. So you can find him at georgetalks.com and you can also find him at LinkedIn, George Talks. And then we had Jane Emma, who is trying to make us all healthier by cleaning up our water. She has home water filtration systems, The Good For Company, and you can find her online at www.thegoodforco.com. Dot com. I'm going to go to her website just as soon as we're done taping this program because I want to make sure I have good water. And then we had Gogi Padilla with AnswerSure and her website is AnswerSure.com. And this is a very cool app. It intercepts scam calls 
to whomever you wanted to intercept those for. And the phone doesn't even ring with these people who are trying to scam people out of their money. I think this is such a great product. Oh, by the way, did you know that Lindsay sent me a text just now saying that she wants us to sign up for this service? That's our daughter, Lindsay. <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, we need to sign off for this week, but we will return to the station next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. Before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. Our podcast can be found tomorrow anywhere you find your podcast. Just look for the Passage to Profit show and don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, Remember, while the information during this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without checking with your legal professional. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.